There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Songs and Stories podcast. It's Easter week, so with that in mind, there's a whole host of brilliant songs that I could have chosen based around Easter time, but there is one that really stands out, so episode 4 is The Foggy Dew. The Foggy Dew, as the name of a traditional Irish song, first appears in an 1840 book by Edward Bunting, entitled Ancient Music of Ireland. The source of the melody can be traced all the way back to a tune from 1804 entitled Bon from a book entitled National Irish Music for the Union Pipes. Of course, this is not the foggy dew that this episode is about. This song describes the Easter Rising in 1916 and encourages Irishmen to fight for the cause of Ireland rather than for the British Empire, as so many young men were doing in World War I. I did come across some claims that this song has been attributed to Pada Kearney, who also wrote Elrond Naveen, the National Anthem for the Republic of Ireland, but this is not true. The Foggy Dew was written by Father Canon Charles O'Neill from County Antrim, a priest of the Diocese of Down and the parish priest of Kilcoo and Newcastle in County Down. O'Neill was ordained in St. Patrick's College in Minute in 1912. The Foggy Dew is a product of the political situation in Ireland in the aftermath of the Easter Rising and World War I. Approximately 210,000 Irishmen joined up and served in the British forces during the war. There was mixed feelings for many Irish people, particularly those of nationalist persuasion. Irish people, very generally, supported the British war effort, but they also felt that one of the moral justifications for the war, the freedom of small nations like Belgium and Serbia, should also be applicable to Ireland, which obviously at the time was under British rule. Father O'Neill, who attended the first sitting of the new Dáil Éireann in Dublin in 1919, as the names of the elected members were called out, he was moved by the number of times the names were answered by Fui Glossnagel, prisoner of the foreigners, or locked up by the foreigners, that means. O'Neill was so moved by this experience that on his return journey he wrote the lyrics to the Foggy Dew. The music that we hear in the song did already exist. It belongs to an old love song called The Murloc Shore, whose original manuscript belongs to a lady called Kathleen Dallas, and that credits Carl Hardbeck as the arranger of the tune. There's estimated to be anything up to 200 different versions or recordings of the Foggy Dew throughout the years. Some well-known and some, well, lesser-known versions. But only a couple of performers have performed the same melody with the alternate lyrics of the Murloc Shore. Sinead O'Connor and Caroline Lavelle have performed the song in what can be described as a very contemporary way with some less traditional instruments. The chorus also have a version of Murloc Shore, but here's a bit of Murloc Shore by Caroline Lavelle. 
Probably not everybody's cup of tea, but you can definitely hear the similarity in the tune. But back to the Foggy Jew and Father O'Neill. Following the suspension of Home Rule due to the outbreak of the First World War, John Redmond, leader of the Irish Parliamentary Party, called on the National Volunteers to join Irish regiments of the new British Army and to support the Allied war effort to restore the freedom of small nations on the European continent. As a result, the 1915 Gallipoli slaughter of many young and mainly middle-class Irishmen who had joined up in a response to John Redmond's call turned many people against the war. This also had a profound effect on O'Neill. This is reflected in a part of the song, as was the thoughts of many Irish people at the time, who believed that Irishmen who fought for Britain during the war should have stayed at home and fought for Irish independence instead. O'Neill sums up this feeling in the line, "'Twas better to die neath an Irish sky than at Subla or Sud El Bar. Subla was a landing point for the British Army in the Gallipoli campaign during World War I, as was Sud El Bar. However, Sud El Bar was the landing zone for two Irish battalions. In 1916, Irish patriots led by James Connolly and Porrick Pierce, taking advantage of the British being occupied by World War I, seized some of the major buildings in Dublin, including the General Post Office, the GPO, while others came from Ashbourne in County Mead, from the plains of Royal Mead and Galway in the Easter Rising. The brutal response to the Rising from the British and the execution of its leaders that followed marked the turning point for many Irish people. The public revulsion at the executions added to the growing sense of alienation from the British government. This alienation also formed part of O'Neill's inspiration for the Foggy Jew, commemorating the few hundred brave men who had risen out against what was then the most powerful empire in the world. The rebellion of the Easter Rising in 1916 was one of the most dramatic events of the Irish Revolution. An author by the name of George Dennis Zimmerman wrote a book in 1967 entitled Songs of Irish Rebellion. In the book he says that in most European countries many songs were inspired by political events but few of them, if any, were retained by tradition. Sometimes, however, particularly when a fight for independence had been a long and hard one, coinciding with a strong current of folk singing, a certain number of songs or ballads survived. Ireland is one of the countries where patriotic and political songs have been for a long time quite peculiarly popular and perhaps very influential. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Irish rebel songs that refer to the Easter Rising are often emotional and sometimes romantic. A lot of them try to capture or mirror the emotions of the common people, so that when the songs would be performed, the events that the songs describe would never be forgotten. It's probably safe to say that a certain repertoire of rebel songs impacted greatly upon the attitude and mindset of the Irish people. The Foggy Dew paints a picture of the Easter Rising of 1916, and as mentioned, encourages Irishmen to fight for Ireland and not for Britain. It's sometimes alternatively called Down the Glen. As I said at the very start, there are plenty of songs which refer to the Easter Rising in their lyrics, but the Foggy Dew is considered to be one of the most representative of the events of the Easter Rising. There's a certain expressive style to the song that not only gives somewhat of a fantasized heroic touch, but also makes good use of symbolic imagery, such as the wild geese, which refers to the emigration of the Irish armed forces after the surrender of Limerick in 1691. The song compares two types of Irishmen both fighting for freedom. The first type joined the British Army to fight in mainland Europe, in Africa and Asia on the battlefields of the First World War, while the second fought as Oglignaheran, Volunteers of Ireland, in the Easter Rising in 1916. Also in the song, as I just mentioned, Suvla is the Suvla Bay in the Gallipoli Peninsula in Turkey, and Sudel Bar refers to the Dardanelles Fort. a major british position in the disastrous gallipoli campaign of 1915-1916 we also have pierce which is porrick pierce an irish nationalist and poet and one of the leaders of the 1916 easter rising and one of the signatories of the proclamation of the irish republic he was executed by the british for his part in the rebellion we also hear a call brewer he was an irish nationalist who was jailed for his part in the 1916 easter rising He was also minister for defence in the first republican government under Eamon de Valera. De Valera is sometimes mentioned in place of Cahill Brewa in some renditions of the song. Brewa stood in strong opposition to the Anglo-Irish treaty and fought against the Irish Free State. The mood of the lyrics are initially quite positive, referring to the men as strong, proud and ready for war. However, as we already know, the rising failed and we can see this from the negative mood in which the song ends. The entire poem refers to the men who died as heroes and legends. This is shown particularly in the last lines of the song. The martyrs of the Easter Rising have become glorious, valiant men who battled bravely for freedom and independence, thus being an inspiration to the people of Ireland. A lot of versions tend to leave the last verse of this song out, perhaps because of its sadness. Going back to Zimmerman, he believes that it's quite apparent that if you take this song as an example, to examine Irish rebel songs and Irish literature that the landscape of Irish traditional music and literature itself would never have developed in the manner they did without the occurrence of 1916 he also says in relation to the foggy dew that as poor as it seems on paper it assumes unexpected dimensions when sung by a genuine Irish singer in the right surroundings and that's made it one of the most popular and beloved Irish traditional music and rebel songs And in my opinion, I think he's wrong. I don't think it appears poor on paper, but hey. 
He also believes that Irish songs should only be sung by an Irish singer in the appropriate place and in front of an appropriate audience. That's not the case entirely. Some performers are not Irish at all, but they sing a song because they like it or they like Irish history. For example, Rod Stewart, who sings Grace, and he sang this all over the world. He sang it in Vegas, and it's gone down very well. So I think it's worth kind of acknowledging that Zimmerman's book is over 50 years old, and some of these opinions are probably quite dated. But in fairness, they are interesting and quite in-depth. As I said, the song was recorded hundreds of times by many different names, such as the Wolftones, the Dubliners, but the probably best known and unique version is the Chieftain's arrangement with Sinead O'Connor. This version has kind of a war cry but yet lamenting feel about it. Speaking of a war cry, I actually remember about a year ago the Foggy Jew came on and someone a bit younger than me with no real interest in Irish music was kind of humming away to it and I asked him, do, do you like the Foggy Jew? And he didn't really know what I was on about. I said, the song, like the Foggy Jew. He said, oh yeah, yeah, this is Conor McGregor's song, isn't it? Well, it might be known as a few different titles, I don't think Conor McGregor's song is one of them. Nonetheless, it's definitely contributed to the popularity of the song among a much, much younger generation. For those who don't know, when Conor McGregor is coming out for one of his big fights, particularly over the past 10 years at the height of his success, he comes out to the foggy Jew. So there we have it for episode 4 of the Songs and Stories podcast, The Foggy Jew. So if you're out this weekend for Easter, you might hear the foggy Jew a little bit. Hopefully now you'll understand some of the references within the song and the stories behind them. I purposely tried to focus on the references within the songs and understanding what they are and what they mean because I think the song does a great job itself describing the physical scene with the likes of the armed lions and marching men and the Angelus bells. So to play us out and have a listen, here's the Chieftains and Sinead O'Connor with the Foggy Jew. Happy Easter. <laughs>